What's up, everyone? It's your boy Shaheen. I'm out here. Uh, thanks for joining our next uh, episode of Shaws and Kings. Uh, we actually have a guest on the show today. Her name is Jasmina. She is an Iranian American uh, singer, songwriter. And today we actually wanted to talk about masculinity and femininity and how it's affecting our modern society and some of the political systems around that. So I guess I kind of wanted to ask Jasmina, like first right off the bat, um, who is a self-proclaimed uh, feminist, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. And I think, Hi, and I how think, are you? You know, I think you <laughs> are to a certain degree. How would you define feminism? Like, like what's your definition of that? My definition? Yeah. Okay. Um, simple, that the social structures that inhibit women from achieving their fullest potential and men should be challenged and restructured so that no matter what your gender is, you can be your fullest self. And right now, because of a lot of, um, well, gendered norms, the patriarchy, sexism, and misogyny overall, um, a lot of women and non-conforming people are faced with lots of challenges and difficulties that they otherwise wouldn't have been if the systems that we were in did not look at gender as means of worth. Okay. Yeah, so like dismantling that and having a more um, equal society, regardless of gender. So, I mean, I think basically what you said was, in a way, like equality that allows both sexes um, to just become whoever and whatever they want yeah have no like legal or like no institutional barriers that prevent that from happening right like that's the goal more than institutional i would say right. but yeah basically the, just that yeah yeah okay and i think like well if you look at it from like an institutional standpoint yeah i think i think like everyone in this podcast right now would agree and uh, would be like even like the worst kinds of people, like uh, like even like Donald Trump, right? Like, <laughs> I'm, right? Like I'm not saying he's a I'm not saying he's a feminist, but even like someone like him would say like, oh he's yeah, a super like I'm feminist man, yeah, feminist. like you know, like he he could make the argument like, look, I'm not a sexist, like I actually just put mm. this female on the Supreme Court, right? Right, um, right, exactly. But, and if you're using like that definition sure like maybe like everyone's a feminist but there's obviously way more to it there's so many layers to it because like yeah even though like she's a woman like she's exactly. probably going to enforce a lot of anti-woman laws right like, exactly uh, you can't just add women and stir that's that's a positioning i also hold you can't just add women and stir that don't do it so I guess like what what are in in your opinion right um mm -hmm. what are some things today okay let's say from like an institutional standpoint and then later on you can definitely dive into like the more cultural setbacks and like gender role and those kind of expectations but what are some institutional barriers that in your opinion that hold women back from achieving equality okay well like the first and like the most common thing that i'm sure everyone has heard is the pay gap and okay. how men 
oftentimes are paid much more than women, are oftentimes considered for positions over women. Um, and these are often based, because it, the thing about the institution and cultural is that they're really, really connected. Mm -hmm. So you can't necessarily like separate them because they all kind of work to create this idea of what women are and what they are not and what they can do and what they can't do. So institutionally that translates to women are not seen often as being good leaders. They're not seen as being strong and um, forceful if necessary. They're not necessarily seen as scientific and in tune with engineering. And so that's why there's like this push to get more women into STEM fields and more of traditionally masculine roles, right? So all of these things kind of add up to creating well, I, I think all of these things add up to creating an idea of what women think they can do and what they think they cannot do on top of what everybody else in society thinks they can and cannot do. And so what that translates to is that a lot of women might end up genuinely being happy doing things that are traditionally feminine. But my question is that if they had never been in a society that didn't make them feel like they couldn't, let's say, be a... Um, super successful scientist or be a uh, mechanical engineer like or be a mechanic literally like you think of a mechanic don't think of women and when we do it's usually hypersexualized like oh look at them fixing the car you know so all of yeah. these things kind of add into these these stigmas and these expectations of what jobs and what roles women can do and what they can't do mm -hmm. and these get like internalized and all mm -hmm. of these then get echoed in society and they come they keep coming down and so down. it trickles down so so simply and so like literally trump wanting to put a woman in the supreme court i mean let's talk about the iranian courts there's many women there are many women in the iranian courts but right. literally when you hear what they say they're saying like they're literally breeding and continuing misogyny because misogyny isn't just inherently um for men to promote you know, it's not a masculine thing necessarily to be misogynistic. Misogyny is about thinking less of women and men can think less of women and women themselves can think less of themselves as well. And they think that it is not my place to be, let's say, the president. It is not my place to question my husband. Let's think about Iranian terms. So then these women that are very much part of the um, judiciary system in Iran or like in the parliament, they're literally like regurgitating the same narrative that the the regime wants them to say about right. what femininity means in Iran. And then so just that's an extreme example, but that's also happening yeah. here. So I, I, I yeah. see what you, I, I agree with you. And I think um, to an extent and I think what you said about like the institutional thing and the cultural like they I do think that they're blended together because I mean, there is no law specifically yeah. that says like okay like women have to be paid three-fourths as much as like a man, yeah. a man is right like that's not yeah. written in law exactly. but it, it just might happen that like if i'm mm -hmm. a ce like not me but like if there's like a ceo of a i don't know like a hiring manager and uh he's interviewing a woman and decides to hire her and mm -hmm. he just might unconsciously think that she's worth exactly less than exactly. a man, male worker so that's why I always wonder, like, well, how much can you really expect 
the government to step in. If to me, exactly. this seems like more because I mean, you can pass as many laws as you want. I mean, like same thing, but same goes with race, right? Like there is yeah. no like yeah. law. Like the reason why like black people are like disproportionately like in prison. I mean, there is no law that writes down like go after black people and throw them in prison. But there are sort of like the but it's you happening. Know, like the, <laughs> yeah, it's happening. It's happening. It's, be- it's more because of like these. Uh, they're like, okay, like, let's go after them by like doing the war on drugs. Right? Exactly. Like, so exactly. things like, things like that. So, um, I get, I guess the only thing I, uh, I guess it, I guess it is cultural. I, some people would argue, um, that, and you, and you know, Keith and Frenos, you guys can jump in any time, but like some argue that men, the reason why they get paid more for the, mm-hmm. like, the, the pay gap is because, men are they're saying that men are more likely to um maybe ask for that raise or uh, yeah. they might be more shown to like be more career ambitious and they have a bigger desire to climb up that corporate ladder right so that could be another <clears throat> explanation for the pay gap i don't know if that's true or not but that is another that is. argument that is a very very correct argument it statistically shown men who are underqualified for positions tend to apply anyway. And women who are actually overqualified tend to think of themselves as less qualified and then not apply Mm. for those positions. Um, I do think though that this is directly related to exactly the capabilities and um, worth that we see in ourselves. So it's not that it's a bad thing that men are confident in their abilities to go on and like ask for that raise. The issue comes when women are not because they've been so conditioned to be so cautious about everything they do. And they're so critiqued in everything they do that going and asking for that position feels and is for them and their experiences and the reactions that they've gotten like throughout their whole life, much harder to do than for a guy and much harder to then get that raise as well. Cause it's like, why are you asking for this? Why are you being so bossy? We want, you know, so yeah. yeah. Um, do you have the Keith or Frenders? Do you have anything to add to this? Yeah. Um, no, I was going to ask the same thing about that Shaheen did basically about like, you know, men not necessarily being more qualified, but feeling more confident in their qualifications. Yeah. Yeah. Basically using that to position themselves higher, basically. And like, what are some ways that you think women can be empowered? in the workplace, through education, different things to feel more confident in their own abilities and seek those promotions more? Wow, that's a good question. Um, wow, that, that's, that's a really good question. Um, it all relates to your confidence and like where that confidence is coming from. And uh, we're all living in this world that creates these... Um, insecurities in us especially in women and in men different aspects of men's self-worth get triggered and get get targeted to be uh utilized as insecurities to then like profit off of in capitalism but the same for women um and so if we're going to function within this these standards that we're in at least um just knowing our own worth as an individual not as a woman not as a man as a person who has gone through X and Y and who deserves to get this promotion. And the issue is oftentimes women that do go ahead and not all women, obviously, but like a large percentage of women that go ahead and do ask for these things get, um, 
they get treated with negative um, reactions. So then that creates so like you build up your confidence. You want to go for it. And then you're like, why are you asking this? No, I'm going to give it to like this person. Why are you asking this? And so that as much confidence as you can like build in yourself, every time that you go ahead and you think that you're worthy of something and you think that you, you know, you, you earned it and they tell you, no, 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 no. And you can't really put the, where, why have I not done enough like reading on this topic? Am I not like, well, I'd, educated in, in this particular field when a lot of times there's like unconscious biases that are limiting a lot of women from getting higher up and what they want to get to. Um, and to that, it's like, you, you just have to keep going and working to change these narratives. So be confident in yourself and be educated as to why it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you're not getting that position. It's not that you're not qualified for it. Right. It's because certain expectations most likely are limiting the hiring manager's view of your capabilities. Go work on that so that you can create a culture change. And it's like, it's so, can I curse here? Can I curse? Oh yeah, go for it. Go for it's it. so <laughs> fucked. It's so fucked because, you know, I, I think a lot of people of color um, also relate with the sentiment of like being the educators and like, maybe I don't want to be an educator. Maybe I don't want to tell everyone like two plus two equals four. And like, mm. this is my experience. Why do you have these like perceptions of me just because of my race or gender? Um, it's exhausting. Not everyone has to do it. It's not our responsibility to do it, but someone's got to do it. Someone has to start questioning why the hiring manager doesn't want to hire you. If everything else, like a lot of times, like, sorry, I like talk a lot. I do apologize. But like, no, um, <laughs> this is so like, unconscious bias is so prevalent. It's not just like with, with gender. Um, I was in one of my courses with psychology and politics and it literally showcased the same resume. They did like a study. It was the same resume. Everything was the same. Um, and he was like a, obviously a democratic um, candidate, let's say, and a Republican candidate. And when they applied to the, to, when the Democrat applied to the Republican job didn't get taken obviously when the republican did they did and vice versa and then the same thing was done with names so an ethnic name and a non-ethnic name and the people that got hired were the ones with the least ethnic name and let resumes literally the exact same res resume so it showcases how prevalent not just with like gender and races the um mm -hmm. unconscious biases that govern our, our choices and we don't even know it does mm -hmm. sorry that was like really all over the place, but like, yeah, question, question, question the structures. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't give I, up. Yeah, no, I, I see like, uh, there's like, um, there's like stigmas, right? Um, because yeah. we associate like, all right, like if you take a look at like masculinity versus femininity, like I'm not necessarily talking about male versus female, but you yeah. know, we, 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 we sort of look at, I, I mean, I personally look at them as more personality traits than gender traits, but it just yeah. seems that like, you know, more men tend to have more masculine traits and more, mm -hmm. uh, women tend to adopt more, uh, feminine traits. And you know, I do, like, I guess like when it comes to being ambitious, right, yeah. um, that tends to be associated with masculinity. It does. And, and when I think it's just seen that like, like, let's take, a, for example, Hillary Clinton, right? Like, I was a Bernie mm -hmm. guy, so I, this is not me, like, fully... Like, Same. Yeah, like, this is not me way. fully, like, <laughs> defending, like, Hillary Clinton, per se. But, like, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people just... I feel like they just didn't like her because she was, like, this... She came off as... High, I mean, she came off as, like, hyper-ambitious. 
Yeah. And even though, but the same, but I, if you really look at it, like most male politicians also do, like they also come off as like hyper ambitious. But I just think like when we see a man who's ambitious and he's like going for it, like for many men or even like women, like they see that and they're like inspired by it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, that's a man being a man. Like, look at him go. Uh, yeah. You, <laughs> but, if, but, if, but if it's like a woman doing it, like there is backlash, not just with Hillary. Exactly. Clinton. I mean, a lot of the shit that Hillary Clinton, a lot of the shit Hillary got was justified in my view, but a lot of it just wasn't. Yeah. Uh, she it like literally her like opponent was Trump. Her opponent <laughs> was Trump. She fucked up. He fucked up. They both fucked up. They both had like things that they did wrong, except one, one person was held to a level of like political correctness, scrutiny, and like so much critique for like mismanaging one thing ever so incorrectly, while the other one literally got away with making fun of disabled people, being blatantly racist and sexist. Right. It's fine. Overtly. It's over, yeah. you know, so that, yeah. the election, literally in a nutshell, in a nut, because they're both flawed con uh, contestants, they both, they're humans. Hillary is not perfect. And even though I'm self-proclaimed raging, I like to use raging so like, I can like, be like, let me tell you what raging feminists are. Don't be afraid of them. Like, we're not that crazy. Um, <laughs> but even a raging feminist, I wanted to vote for Bernie, not for Hillary, because I, I agreed with his politics. I agree with what he was standing up for. But Hillary, anyways, Hillary got through the nomination and so did Trump. And I mean, like the way they were both treated. The way they were both treated, the headlines, the criticism, <laughs> and what happened. Lit I mean, like, that's qualified. So if Hillary was a man, would we be here right now? I don't know. I mean, hopefully, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, like, in any situation where Trump is not president, I say hopefully. That's, that's what I know. Uh, Inshallah. Yeah. And hopefully, no, but I'm, look, I'm, I'm seeing that, like, for example, like, if you look at, like, Joe Biden today versus, like, mm -hmm. Hillary, like uh, September 27th today versus September 27th of 2016, uh, Joe Biden is doing so much better polling-wise and number-wise mm -hmm. than uh, Hillary Clinton was. And, you know, like, Joe Biden, don't get me wrong. I like the guy. I'm definitely going to vote for him. I, I won't actually get do. you wrong. Yeah. I won't get you wrong. Talk shit about him. It's fine. Go yeah, ahead. I, I, actually really do like, <laughs> I actually really do like Joe Biden, but in, in many ways, like I felt like Hillary did come off as more alert and like ready to do the job. Like when I look She at was Joe prepared. Biden, yeah. She was trying this literally, like literally, like, well, sorry, that accent was weird. Literally what we were talking about was the fact that and let's say someone wants to go and get that promotion, right? Hillary was ready. She was prepared. She is she a boomer? I think she is a boomer. She was trying so hard to get with the like with the with the young with the youths, you know. But she was trying. She was trying, and sure, it was cringy, but she was trying. And she oh, was like educated. I'm gonna go Pokemon Go to the polls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like I look like, back and I'm like, oh, it was simpler times. We made fun of her for that, but like. She was really trying. She was on top of her game. She was well overqualified. She had been in right. office. And you know what? Another sexist thing that was thrown at her was her comparison and equalization to her husband. She is not her husband. Yet women are oftentimes put as, as an extension doppelgangers. Of husband. Yeah. As the extension, because that 
this is yeah. what I mean about like historically. And this is why like a lot of people might argue laws have been set that um, there's no more sexism now because like we live in a free society. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laws are there to try to combat these things. Good, let them be there. However, when you have thousands of years of a particular comforting idea of gender norms of the women being of the man i mean i'm learning french right now and literally in french you want to say like his wife it's literally like la femme de marc which means like the woman of mark huh mark's woman Lit oh, i mean but like that cool. makes it all resonates in like a yeah it kind of makes sense because that's literally what we were we were our fathers and then we were given away to our husband so we were like very much property and yeah that's not the case anymore here but that doesn't mean that the association of but it's still ingrained in the language and therefore exactly yeah, it is still very much ingrained so why is hillary being compared to his her husband the only i mean the only thing i had to say with that is like um i mean maybe that's maybe that is definitely a problem but i think like you know at the end of the day her last name is clinton yeah and I, and I think like you know husband and wife you they tend like they they people believe that husband and wife tend to just have like a similar philosophy and yeah and maybe and so maybe they just think that like because because they're husband and wife they have people had this idea that they sit and talk to each other every day and they have like the same goals in mind so that's why she was being compared to mm -hmm. bill now not maybe so maybe if, so i don't know like I feel like they're both kind of true. You know, like what you said, it's like, oh, she's being compared to her husband because like she's seen as like people view her as like a below bill kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or just part of an extension of him, I guess. And yes, of course, when you are married to someone, when you are, you know, in a family with someone you tend to have similar views, but sometimes not. But like, I'm pretty yeah. sure they had similar views. And like, I'm I mean, I don't know their life, but I'm, I yes, they were both part of the establishment. Yes. I mean, you know, yes, but so is Biden. The only yeah. person that like that wasn't part of the establishment as much was Sanders. Yeah. Bless his heart. He gets so much shit. I'm like, his, just listen to the man. His opinions. Um, you know his opinions definitely um were more anti-establishment yeah for at, yeah. at least for american society i feel like if you were to take bernie sanders and like throw him in, if you were to throw him into if you were to throw him in canada yeah, his views yeah, yeah, yeah. and opinions are actually pretty mainstream but, literally everyone's out here talking about sanders like he's some type of like radical leftist right. when in reality he's like center left I think some of his ah. supporters, like, yeah, I think, you know, like, I think, well, actually, you know, supporters what? could be like super leftist. Sure. Some of his supporters. Yeah. Are, and, they're, and they're a little, as a Bernie Sanders supporter, I will say that some of his supporters are a little annoying, <laughs> but, uh, but that, that doesn't include me or you, but, um, Fanoush, you've been quiet, man. Uh, you have anything to say? I've been quiet because I've been very attentive and, observant yeah. of everything that's been going on here i've been trying to formulate exactly what it is that i'd like to ask and i think i have my idea i am i would just like to say that from an individualist standpoint mm -hmm. as men and women i can see where we can both in both sexes 
you know, do um, take steps in improving ourselves in our recognition of the uh, place in the women in society and in an elevated and equal standpoint um, and what we can do to educate ourselves and make ourselves better in recognition of that. I guess where the, um, my question lies is once we're both on the same page in terms of um, where that is and an understanding of where that is, how do we bring about the reforms in the uh, professional and in the professional structure, like in the workplace or within politics or so forth? Once we, a great deal of us recognize that, what steps can we start taking to, uh, uh, I guess, initiate these changes so that they're actually implemented, such as equal pay between the sexes right. or uh, even when women do have the, uh, I guess the acknowledgement that they of their self worth and where that is, how they can still advance by having these changes implemented, so that once they do have the confidence, say, to go apply for those positions uh, um, that they're um, seeking, um, that that's available to them. How do how do we uh, invoke that change? How do we invoke this change? Yeah. How do we make? Yeah. The, how do we go the process um, of you know, changing the, uh, uh, how is it done? Professionals. How is it done? How is it done? Obviously, like I am no expert. Um, yeah, just so, your opinion. just my opinion. The thing about that is that gender issue is not just a woman's issue. It's not just my issue. Um, it is your issue as much as it is my issue because in, in my opinion, it's not just about, okay, X and Y company is not allowed to um, discriminate against gender by having any type of like wage differentiation. Um, because you do that, right? It, it needs to be a culture change. So in my simple answer, it needs to be a grassroots, fundamentally every home should recognize these qualities as being equalized or rather not seen in like different um, elevations. And because when, when that's not happening, when you just have laws, let's say your company is not allowed to pay its employees of like, let's say this position, any different number, like it has to be a set number. And if it goes up, it goes up for everyone, whatever. Right. You could do that, but then you can, if the culture hasn't, and you should do that still, but if the culture hasn't um, agreed to that, if it feels really alienated by that, it will take that as a threat. And that's why you have a lot of people that come out and say, actually, I think white men are the ones that are being oppressed right now because we're putting all of these um, advances and career moves for women and people of color. And like, I they feel they victimized. They see affirmative action as a threat. Somehow. They see affirmative action as a threat. Now, little disclaimer, when you are privileged, equality feels like discrimination. Equality doesn't feel great for you when you have experienced privilege your whole life. However, so in order to not have that backlash, grassroots changes need to happen at home. So these, my personal opinion is that literally the differentiation of leaders as masculine and emotional as feminine. When we think about leadership, we think of a guy and when we think of like emotional and nurturing, we automatically think of a girl or woman. That is gender roles. Gender roles the way they have been constructed 
how are demeaning to femininity. So whatever you find, that's why men are told, oh, that's gay. Because society associates gayness with femininity and then femininity as bad. So I'm going to make fun of this guy because he's showcasing characteristics that are feminine and, ter and terrible and therefore terrible. So, oh man, you throw like a girl because throwing like a girl is bad. And so when we have these different characteristics, it's fine if men are this and women are this or, or more men tend to be X and more women tend to be Y. The issue comes in when these different associations are weighted, when these different associations have like power leverages, when we think of smart and athletic as masculine qualities, and when we think of like dainty and quiet and uh, resourceful as feminine qualities. Right. Now these get oftentimes, even, even the divine feminine and the divine masculine, while they, come across as empowering. And I think they can be for a lot of people. I am not saying that women do not identify with femininity and men do not identify with masculinity. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there are aspects of femininity and masculinity that have been constructed yeah. to create power differentiations that work to belittle feminine. So that's why you have someone like uh, Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher in the UK, yeah. she's a woman. She was one of the most ruthless leaders. Like she didn't give a shit. She was like, yeah. like the working class hates her, still hates her in the UK. And all of her characteristics were not at all what you describe as feminine. And right. so my, my issue, and I think the way we can move forward is that we take away the weight and the power of what is feminine and what is masculine. So that, because traditionally, masculine is seen as better so a lot of like the first wave of feminism or some feminists think that if i want to get ahead and to be a man what does that mean because if you say i'm going to start wearing pantsuits and i'm going to start acting very masculine and that's what a lot of women in politics and women in ceo positions do for them to get that job, they start literally behaving masculine. They start behaving and embodying these masculine characteristics because they feel that they, can't, they cannot get to that position unless they become hyper-masculinized, actually. And that's the funny mm -hmm. thing. So you look at Thatcher, not only was she like not stereotypically feminine, but she wasn't even like stereotypically masculine. She was like hyper-masculinized. I would say toxically masculine. She <laughs> was. Because she was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna be brutal. I'm gonna be a go-getter. I'm gonna be ambitious, and I'm I don't I don't care. I'm so Margaret Thatcher embodied toxic masculinity. Oof, quote me that. on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I want to say like yeah. I I agree. No, I agree with a lot of what you say, and I think like with um the only thing I want to say like I think like both sides of the argument, whether you're liberal or conservative whether you have liberal views on feminism or conservative views on feminism, I think both of these sides actually tend to view f femininity as a negative thing. Both do actually, you know, like, yes. Um, I mean like conservatives will encourage women to be feminine, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, they don't, mm -hmm. but I feel like they don't respect it in a way. Like if it were, if, if, a, if, a, if, a, if a human being with a penis were to, have some emotional traits yep like oh you're feminine you're, you're actually sissy. a woman 
yeah you get you get you you know you get you feel excluded from your fellow man and Mm -hmm. it it hurts your self-esteem kind of growing up but whereas in like the other side of the coin i feel like with the feminist movement and as much as i support it like i think like some well-meaning although a lot of it's like well-meaning like they're encouraging like you can't let like you know, you have to be 100% like independent woman. You have to like, you know, we don't need no man. And like, you don't, and I mean, like granted, I'm not saying you need a man or, you know, I'm not <laughs> yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. That you sh- I'm not saying you shouldn't go try to be financially independent, but I feel like they're forcing, like, you have to be career ambitious. You have to like, you know, go yeah. to the top. And I mean, and by the way, if that's what you as a woman, as an individual human being wants to do. Cool. I don't care. Like, yeah. but I think, you know, there's a, you know, like the, with femininity, it, you know, sometimes I feel like it's just being discouraged from both Absolutely. sides. And that, and that that's the issue. What, that, and that yeah. confuses, and I feel like it, it has a trickle down effect because like that confuses women, one, because like they- They internalize their characteristics as negative and bad. I am bad. Know, they don't know. Like they don't know. Like they have an identity crisis. Yeah. It, and then it men reinstitutes, are confused. It reinstitutes the idea that masculinity is superior. It reinstitutes this idea that masculinity is superior. And that's yeah. the issue. Yeah masculinity yeah. is not superior it is just a particular characteristic it's a trait my, yeah it's one of my it's it's correct, personal yeah. i'm sorry yeah go ahead i mean it, no no and, I, yeah. I, yeah just I one thing we, yeah, yeah sorry go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to say that like uh this guy i used to look up to elliot hulse uh before he became very uh be, before he basically became like a far right-wing western fundamentalist was um he used to say something by the way out of nowhere made no sense (laughs) yeah but he used to say something very beautiful which was men and women are equally beautiful like they're uh, who no what do they say Uh, keith you might know it It he's like they're they're beautifully different but equally beautiful right that's beautiful yeah 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 Yeah, and like i i fucked with it and like i i think a problem with like what he's doing now is like basically like saying yeah it's masculinity 100 percent of the way Mm -hmm. i like to chop you know 10 trees every day and you know and he's he's doing this that was masculinity by the way who's like i'm gonna go while holding like a (laughs) a, while holding like an ar-15 in his hands like well, yeah, I like to go like, you know, like- I find that like, demeaning for masculinity. I'm like, why are you making it, men sound out to be like they're animals that can't control their urges and or anger? Like, why are you, why are you, why is so much of like hyper, like this idea that like, I'm going to be a man's man. So that yeah. means I'm going to be aggressive, um, uncalculated, and uh, I'm going to go hunting. Yeah. I'm going to go kill things. I'm going to go- yeah. Why? 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 Like the bait. Like, if we go back to ancient man and women, obviously, like generally speaking, when men do not have a purpose, and I can say this from personal experience, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have a purpose, things you're working towards, and the only thing you're you're with is yourself. Yeah. The only things that you're thinking about as a man, and part of this is from testosterone, not to stereotype, but literally, we just think about sex and fighting all the time. That's like the base component of a male brain. And I'm not trying to be sexist when I say that. I'm just saying that's like, those are the two like base points. If there's nothing Mm -hmm. else going on in your life, that's in your head. That's really interesting. 
Um, I mean, I believe your personal experience. Um, also, I feel as a woman, when I don't have any ambitions and or goals, that shit's terrible. So. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's not fun. But <laughs> yeah, no, like I think I think purpose. So purpose is so fucking important for like a human, and I also think that the 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 issues that come up now is because there's a gender norm. Man goes out hunts, brings back food. Woman takes care of children. Ecosystem worked. Okay, right. that worked out for that time, uh, and or also within that time, women were still seen Subs as lower. Subservient, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that, but you know, it was a thing. Um, that whole structure started changing. So the reason why men are paid more was traditionally they were like, well, they need to be paid more so they can support the family because she's not earning anything. She's earning like, you know, side money, right? So that gets continued. We are living in a world that right now that is finding a different norm. We're in a transitional phase and, and that's quite awkward. For many people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's like puberty for the genders. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. where do I fit now? Where, where, and, and so I think the one thing that my particular opinion, and a lot of people disagree with me, my parents certainly do, is that I think that while people experience femininity and masculinity, this is my opinion, while they experience it and it's true for them, I experience femininity as a woman. I like girly things. I also enjoy masculine things. Cool, cool. Um, however, I truly believe that the reason why I like these things are because I was brought up as a girl, not because I was born a girl, if that makes sense. I was brought up in a society as a identifying woman and so therefore i experience and internalized and 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 so my subconscious is feminine and i think a lot of that has to do with um nurture versus nature so i do think there's obviously hormonal differences and there is differences between men and women personally i don't my mom can argue with me all day. Um, my mom, so this, not, not all women are on this, you know, but we do experience femininity. It is real. People that feel feminine genuinely feel feminine and we shouldn't negate femininity as bad and masculinity yeah. as bad. We, shouldn't, we should not look at one as superior to the other. However, we should also remind ourselves that we are probably behaving the way that we are because we were socially structured to do so, which is like a bold statement. But um, I was in Iran growing up, and, and this is really simple, like I spoke to you about it, um, but I loved video games, like boxing video games and racing video games. I told my dad to get me um, a electric controlled like toy car, loved them, loved cars, was like my thing. Also played with my Barbie, loved that too. And uh, I would go and I would just, my, my play was standard. It's really funny in Iran. You're actually, as a kid, you're not really gendered um, until you hit puberty and then you're like, fucked. You are a woman. Did you not know? You cannot do these things now. You know, but it's like, actually funny. This is like slightly off topic, but the yeah. baby dolls in Iran actually have like the body parts. Like, uh, they do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, I remember like, you know, right. uh, you know, like a, like, <laughs> like a naked They're anatomically toy baby. correct. 
Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't like, remember personally. Uh, like a naked, a naked toy baby, or even like a male Barbie doll in Iran will actually have like a little tiny penis on it. Really? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Really? It's actually, it's actually kind never... of hilarious. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, but no, I don't know why. I just kind of had to bring that <laughs> up because you were talking about dolls in Iran and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, no, yeah. But, so we, I mean, obviously we spoke, you heard this like theorizing that, um, this example that I bring up, but in the U S right. So in Iran, like you don't really have Walmart, you don't have like this massive, you know, it's, it's much more of like small businesses. So small businesses are small and they don't have like an aisle for a boy and an aisle for a girl. They just have, you don't just go in and you're like, where are the girl toys at? Where are the boy, you just kind of go in. Um, but in the U S and like when I was like learning about these things and I was in this, um, course about gender and how, we get brought up to internalize these differentiations. Like there was a photo of like Walmart or whatever, like Toys R Us, some type of like big corporate store. And so then there was literally like a pink aisle and a blue aisle. Cool. Let's gender colors. Cause that, why not? Let's gender them. And then in the, in the, in the men's aisle or the boys aisle, there was engineering, there was building, there was Legos, there was um, toys that were, you know, fighting toys and or cars and let's build a transformer cars that literally like works with your brain to how do I make this car a person car? And then how do I like make it back into a car? And how do I make it a robot again? So it's, it's very much cognitive. You're utilizing your brain. You are thinking, you're problem solving. And then you go to the girl section and it's literally just like, dolls and barbie and let's cook together let's clean together literally like a, a toy vacuum and then a toy kitchen i'm a, i'm not gonna lie i love playing kitchen it was perfectly fun you know why because in iran i didn't experience these different interests as bad and good or feminine and masculine i liked cooking so i played house and then i like playing with my cars so i played with my cars and so therefore i was actually able to exercise all qualities I wanted to explore. However, in the US, you're very much limited. And then you get made fun of in school. Oh, why are you, that's a boy's toy. Why are you playing with that? And in, so in Iran, thing, you get made fun of or in no, 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 here. In Iran, you don't give a, in, I was playing with my downstairs neighbor video games until like hours. Like, bless his heart, we had so much fun. Because it, you weren't gendered as a kid, which is really interesting. I mean, I wasn't. I don't know about other families and whatever they want to but raise I mean, their kids still, up as. Like, I mean, I don't know because, like, I mean, definitely. I mean, I was, but less so. In a way, I mean, like, yeah. I'm sure your, like, your parents wouldn't dress you up in like a little suit when you were a kid, right? Like you. They, but you no still kid have, wear like, a suit. Yeah, yeah, I still you, wear you know like skirts I mean, like, and whatnot. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Or. Yeah, but like, funny thing, my hair was short. It was always short. I think the sigma, like, your hair needs to be long or whatever. Mm. No, I think, but basically I'm using that explanation to say that like in different cultures, I got to experience my childhood differently and I can see how kids here are literally gendered so aggressively. Not that you're not in Iran, you are, you are. But like this particular example of like, then girls literally grow up thinking that they can be great chefs, they can be great take caretakers, they can be great fashionistas, they can be great, you know, beautiful models and and boys unless you decide to venture out and go to the boys alley right um and then boys are like i can be an engineer i can be a builder i can be a nasa scientist i can go to space and so 
from that early on, you're getting conditioned to like things. Like they're telling you, I mean, I'm questioning free will a little bit here of like how much of the things that you like and the things that you identify with are things that you really chose to like and not things that were conditioned for you to think that you like. Right. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) the, um, so like part of that, I think personally is like the the economy, right? Needs certain people to do certain jobs. Mm -hmm. So the way they structure, whether it's our education or the toys we play with is these assumptions exist for masculinity and femininity. Mm -hmm. Therefore we're going to encourage those people to pursue those things so that they can fill those roles later on. Buy our products. Yep. 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 So yes. How, how, I wonder how we would get out of that. Like, do you just get rid of the colors in the aisles? No, I mean, capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. This is, Capitalism is inherently um, combined and interlinked with racism and sexism and classism. Um, If you can pay certain people less because of a certain thing, you can differentiate from them. Hmm, they're women, I'm gonna pay them less. Hmm, their skin color is slightly off, I'm gonna pay them less. Hmm, it's literally exploitative. So if you can find avenues of which to exploit the means of production, you're going to. So capitalism breeds this. Why are the toys continuing to be colored? Because it sells, because the culture is that. Oh yeah, I'm going to build a pink car for a girl. Haha, because that's what girls like. And that's, that's when art imitates society, like life. Life imitates art, art imitates life. And it continues. So in, until, until we change what we genuinely believe, I mean, as long as we live in capitalism, that a lot can't be done personally i think but don't you Um, think in regards to capitalism because capitalism as an economic mm -hmm. uh, policy is relatively new uh right Mm -hmm. like so i mean Mm -hmm. and and these roles modern capitalism well right and i'm saying like these gender roles that we talk Mm -hmm. about like they they've been around for thousands of years Mm -hmm. so what during those thousands of years like what kept it alive then if we weren't using like this modern form of capitalism because i mean it's cap i don't know because is is the issue with feminism like or not the issue with feminism but is the struggle is it so directly linked like i mean if we were to just like take capitalism out of the picture and say with a Bernie Sanders, like democratic socialism kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's not going to go away. It's 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 not like it's going to be like, boom, boom, gone. But I was just showcasing, I was trying to highlight how with capital capitalism thrives off of these inequalities. Oh, sure. sure, We can, we can, we can differentiate the inequality. Let's say if someone has, I don't know, moles, they have lots of beauty marks. Okay. Mm. And like, let's say that's something that like makes them, it, it, it's, they get marginalized for having lots of beauty marks. I'm literally just spitballing here, right? In capitalism, that's great. I'm going to exploit that. I'm going to hire that person that can't get a job otherwise. I'm going to pay them 10 times less because they need it because otherwise they're not going to get any job, right? Capitalism breeds and incorporates inequality so that it could fulfill its production at the lowest price i would definitely agree and i would say that it it definitely um 
it just takes advantage of it. Like it, um, like for example, like I hear a lot of black artists talking about, uh, like in the music industry, like a lot of like rich white, uh, you know, it's like record label owners and stuff like mm-hmm. that. They don't look for like smart conscious rappers right they they deliberately look for someone who represents like the most negative uh stereotype of black Mm -hmm. people right Mm -hmm. and uh Nas had like an album about this uh and like yeah I think he had like a I think he had like a song about he talks about like the minstrel shows and stuff and like he basically saying like this like all this music you know it's basically just like a capitalistic system where like the rich record label owner just wants to like portray black people as negatively as they can not 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 even because like he's like racist to his core but because he knows he sells and it makes like money why does it sell because the society that we live in is racist and sexist and classist it sells because it feeds and reinforces things that we are familiar with and why do conservatives have these ideas because they want to conserve things and conserving what we have is conserving racism and sexism and classism, is conserving the power hierarchies that already exist. It is conserving the structures that have kept them where they are, happy, lovely, thriving, at the expense of people of color, at the expense of women, at the expense of communities that they have marginalized. So they want to conserve it. And progressives are like, I mean, I'm using the term progressive not in conjunction to the U.S., progressive I meant like as the word you want to progress you want to challenge you want to think outside of these things that conserve the status quo absolutely and um um I mean like imagine uh for example like if they were to make like a movie mm-hmm. about uh like because you know like there was like a movie 300 right which was like literally like the Persian version of Ha ha ha! Yeah, it was like the way they portrayed us, and I was like, "Yo, imagine if they like if like Hollywood made a movie where, um, that was like really well made, but from like the Persian point of view, and Mm -hmm. they're fighting, and like I don't know, like they're fighting off like the Greeks, Uh and uh, like would that would a movie like that ever be made? And like probably not, because again, like would white people go pay to see that movie and two like it doesn't like people are comfortable like the thing is you know like people are comfortable too with what they're fed like a lot of like a lot of this like like a lot of this like racist stuff like people like a lot of white people won't see that movie because that it contradicts what's been spoon-fed to them their whole lives that like precisely Precisely. Right, that, yeah. Yeah. That has yeah. been like the white man who's <laughs> been the beacon of democracy, and yeah, yeah, the yeah, white yeah. people are the civil ones. And- hey, uh, that's a debate that uh, my friends and I actually have out here a lot here in LA, um, where a lot of Iranian Americans live, um, is the fact that they would never ever make a movie about Cyrus the Great, and mm-hmm. one of the reasons for that who's is gonna because. Go see it? Well, it's it, besides who would go see it, it more or less goes against the what we've been spoon fed all these years, which is to say that, um, you know, uh, that you know, Persians are terrorists, Persians are they don't do anything, um, you know, productive to society. When really you're talking about Cyrus the Great, the people, the guy that granted religious and 
you know, uh, freedom to many people of different races. Yeah. Now, yeah. bringing that over to our current conversation, um, I personally believe a lot of that has a lot of why um, these conflicts with generals still exist is precisely because of that. It's because that they don't want to disturb the status quo. Mm -hmm. And the fact is they could, in order to continue holding these uh, current or, or I want to say archaic beliefs uh, in place. I love that um, word. <laughs> they, um, they don't want to, uh, they, they continuously actually go out of their way to misinform people of what femininity and masculinity yes when you think of like we were talking about beautiful and different but also the same you're talking about you know just different uh, femininity and masculinity have a lot to do with you know uh, uh, to do with the way that they're fine and one thing that you find that a lot of males that are resistant to it is also has to do with how they were educated, what they were told. Yeah. Yeah. They think that, um, say for uh, example, a feminist is basically a woman that's basically becoming a man, running around trying to Literally. chop people's penises, uh, penises off and emasculate yeah. them, which comes makes yes. them secure and thereby even more resistant to the views of feminism. When in reality, it's not so. It's just finding again those, those um, you know those equal levels of recognition of um, who we are as individuals. And, yes. um, and again, when you look at from the other side of the spectrum, like we were talking about before, um, if a man is not even, we won't even say, you know, define them with slurs or gay or whatever. Let's just say a man's empathetic, shows a feminine trait. He's an empath. He shows more emotion towards people than and cares more uh, and openly shows that he cares more about people than say yes. other men who's internalized and uh you know more suppressing their entire feelings suppressing. yeah yes um that's also viewed as negative which is exactly not so. that's pro that that if it, to me excuse me like men that do that are more masculine number one and more secure themselves because yes they know themselves yes to the point where they're able to feel like that in society without feeling like oh exactly. it makes me a man and exactly. uh, from the other side of the spectrum you know when you do see a woman that's ambitious you don't feel threatened by that as well you actually think that's a beautiful thing and to sound politically correct just to say it, i actually yeah. find on my personal opinion that ambitious women are very attractive i think it's an attractive trait and and you know like and the, and we both benefit from that because if we're both working together in a society where we're both putting equal out input and output and communicating with each other on an equal level i don't see how that's bad for anybody instead of trying to put one person on a lower pedestal exactly. than the other so yeah. Uh, I think what it comes down to when we're trying to bring about this change in the way people view femininity and masculinity mm -hmm. and the people's views on feminism is basically re-educating them yes. on what it is, what what the basis and the um, and the ideal beliefs behind feminism really is, instead of the whole stereotypical thing where they're they're just men killers. They're just going to they're <laughs> going to make you feel like less of a man. No, it, it's not literally. That. And um, that's the problem with that's that is the, the, the social media approach also. we gotta take. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, I think Farnoosh opened up the conversation to where I, that was beautifully said. My man. That was beautiful. And, I, thank you. And yes. I, I think he <laughs> opened up the conversation to actually where I was, I can't, we were all kind of wanting it to go. It was like, we've been talking about femininity and this actually, now this goes into masculinity because. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, Shaheen, before we get into that real quick, I just want to respond to some things that were said. Sure. Go quick, for because just for some context, right? So sure, sure, sure. you guys were talking about 300, right? And how yeah. Persia is not seen in a positive light in the West, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of the reason for that, and this is actually, I'm a history student. I, you know, Love that. graduated. So part of that is that one, all the sources we have after Cyrus the Great are written by the Greeks. So there's Makes that. Sense. Alexander the Great That's burned it all down. Basically, basically mm-hmm. history is yeah. told by the, the, the actually, eyes of the, the victor. Right. Exactly. And the, yeah. writing, the writings about Cyrus the Great from the Greeks, they actually loved him. It's actually mm-hmm. hilarious if you like go back and read the differences between how they viewed yeah. like Xerxes and Darius versus Cyrus. It's hilariously different. Uh-huh. Um, but all those views are from the Greeks and the Greeks are seen as like the upholders of Western civilization. Like yes, Eastern, they are. Eastern invasion, kind of, right? In yes. the ancient world. So, like, those are the two narratives that cause that, right? And the other one I wanted to respond to was capitalism, because I fucking love capitalism. Um, <laughs> so How are you? Be, well, I'm, I'm actually great. Um, <laughs> the, reason, the reason I like capitalism, right, is because it engenders innovation. I just use engendered in a different way from gender, but that's fine. Um, and under other systems, you're not really, there's no incentive to make better stuff necessarily. Like good enough just ends up being good enough a lot of times. And we can see that in classic examples. I mean, I don't want to bring the Soviet Union into this because it's a little different, but like say, the thing there was like the government said, this is being made this certain way forever. And that's it. Yeah. And that's it. And in capitalism, that can't really happen. Mm-hmm. So like, I would argue we're actually not capitalists in the United States. We are, Interesting. we are, and we're actually technically corporate socialist, which basically means that the government works in contact with corporations yeah. to maintain their profit margins. And yeah. that's the government buying from the, from those corporations being supplied by them and thus bailing them out when there's a massive recession, things like this are because of that. And the yeah. Nordic countries are actually, they haven't been socialist technically since the eighties. They're actually more free market capitalists than we are. Mm-hmm. The way mm-hmm. they're set up right now. They're more capitalist than we are. I don't care what conservatives have to say about that. Like they're literally more capitalist than us because you can, anyone can open a business for any reason. There's no corporate regulations stopping you from opening that business. You can basically pursue whatever you want in those countries, provided mm-hmm. you have the ambition to do it. And there's nobody stopping you. Whereas in this country, you have a monopoly that can be like, oh no, you're not going to open that business because yeah. you're in competition with us. And we're going to hire these lawyers and this person from the government and make sure that you never open this business. Yeah. Completely different. But also, I mean, it's a little different because the social, the Scandinavian countries, if you will, generally have better welfare systems than we do. Actually, mm-hmm. well, much better. I can't say generally. Um, but we also provide, and this is another problem, we provide the military for a lot of the world in the United States. Like we have bases all over the place and other countries actually don't have their own militaries because we're there. 
right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that that's also part of the reason why our military budget's so ridiculous, and we spend all this freaking money, and we're not even at war half the time. Like, unless we welcome to the unless, U.S. unless unless we time. make one. But um, ah. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the memes where it's like, "Why did you shoot yourself?" Did you see? Have you seen those memes? Like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, that's. Uh, just wanted to clear those little things no up. you you know i think like it's interesting that we were able to like just sit here and talk about that because i think we actually all agree that like what you just said about like mm -hmm. social corporatism like that's the it, it seems like oftentimes that like most people like on both sides if you really just sit down and and take away the labels that we throw on things like capitalism or corporatism and whatever mm -hmm. like if you actually just talk about the ideas and not the words i think mm -hmm. I, I, um i think we all tend to actually believe like generally in the same thing because when keith said i fucking love capitalism he wasn't talking about the same system that we were just talking about no. a few minutes before <laughs> yeah, yeah. he was he was talking about like what capitalism like for example like if i were to make this phone and sell it to you technically like is that what capitalism is like is that really good question some and, people and like, argue there's different versions and different like right and in canada yeah. right like if you go to like toronto or like anywhere in canada like yeah you can create like you can create something and sell it and like that's technically capitalism and that's not bad i i think the problem is again it's like when what keith talked about it's like it's corporatism that's really the problem and um, it's governments in collusion with corporations creating systems that don't allow other people to basically make their own stuff or create new businesses, new products, things like that. Like when you look at the incarceration rates of the U S right? Like a lot of people say mm. it's capitalism. Well, you could say it's uh, maybe like the better word for it would just be corporatism where like mm. there's, you know, a jail should not be a private company. <laughs> you know? It has profit. Yeah. It, there is profit in creating a and demand jails. for prisoners is not a good way to run a society. Yeah. So, and I, so I think like a lot of liberals or yeah. like people on the left who critique all oh, capitalism, I, I get what they're saying. Um, maybe, maybe the problem is, is it's like the word words we're throwing around. Like sometimes like we like, we like to, we like to say things that'll get the most retweets on Twitter. So well, you know, like, yeah, capitalism, uh, you know, doing this. And I mean, technically I see what they're saying, but I think the, the more correct word would just be like corporatism because even, you know, like me, Farnoosh and Jasmina, we're all musicians. We're all independent trying to like make it make, you know, but, and, and in a way we're the true capitalists, right? We're actually trying to break free from, uh, these record labels trying to sign us and then, uh, exploiting our music, AKA labor. It's like, I think like what socialism is, is basically like taking away from the corporate power and, mm -hmm. you know, we own the means of our production, which is like the correct form of capitalism, maybe, right? I like where you're going with that. Um, I think my only problem with like classically defined neoliberalism rather would be just the fact that there is no, there is no threshold on on companies budgets um i personally i think 
I agree with innovation. I do agree that if you have competition to a certain extent, better products are going to be made. And I think that, great. We should not be stuck on one thing and go for that. I think you brought up the Scandinavian countries and the Nordic countries because they, they're doing something right, right? They have a welfare system. They have like a social structure that is created to benefit society the jails are rehabilitation centers you go in as a criminal you come out with a new skill ready to be part of the society you have a drug problem you go into rehab you come back clean and with possibilities to be a better again aspect of society and the way that and and i think that words are very important and and you are more um knowledgeable in the subject of how do we define what's happening in the u.s right now but like the this structure of just creating more, 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 um, it does lead to a point of um, you just can't you just can't create anymore because that incentive to just always be creating more and more is one of the reasons why that the globe is going into it's deteriorating and there is literally no more space. There is so much trash because we just rather consumerism and. Um, this, this, this need to produce, to consume, to produce, to consume, to contain the system, the system is, is falling. And, and, and I'm not gonna use the word capitalism because it's quite broad, it's too broad about what's happening in the US and what's happening in the rest of the world. And just like how I argue that what we have seen from socialism and what we have seen from communism isn't necessarily what the ideology wanted it to be. Um, I think that could also be said about capitalism as in what capitalism truly, the ideology of wanting to create better things and having innovation and what we're actually seeing it being used firsthand are two different things. So, right. yeah. I think like Andrew Yang like talked about um, like technology is increasing, like the, the, the levels of technology that's being put out there and they're advancing at a very, 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 very fast rate. And again, like partially due to our, whatever economic system we have here and um eventually and like yes like there are great things that come with that obviously yeah uh, but there are also not great things that come with that and things that are detrimental actually mm-hmm. um like let's take a look at social media um and what i mean yes that has done great things i mean technically we're all using social media right now like and we're, this is going to be uploaded on spotify and then we're going to be using like instagram and all these different social media tools to promote this conversation true but you know like but we go with talk the, bad shit at the same time about it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really yeah but at the same you know like human nature you know like there's we have you know we're flawed you know we often think that we're like we're perfect humans we we, we come with so many flaws and uh, you know like there have been increased levels of depression among the youth in this country yeah so Um, much suicide rates are going up uh more people are showing up in the hospitals because they're physically cutting themselves right Mm -hmm. uh and studies have shown that the super high rates of social media you know like this you know like what the high usage of social media use uh, is contributing to that. Yeah. And now, you know, and now again, like now there's like these algorithms in place 
because of because of our economic system keep in mind that like these apps they function in a way where they want you to stay on the app as long as possible so they have algorithms that study your patterns and your human and your behavior so they keep you on the app and they throw you in with ads because mm -hmm. the more you're on the app the more ads you're going to like run across come across and yeah. what it what this does is it creates like an echo chamber well because yeah. it sees what you like like me i like you know we're we're like we mean like we're like progressive people per se right whatever and we're going to see a lot of views that reinforce our beliefs. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of the coin with the Trump world, you have people believing in like conspiracy theories and QAnon shit. And like, oh, the, the liberals are like actually like pedophiles who are trying to like, you know, like drink the blood of children and blah, blah, blah. They're and Trump is- a, They're in league with the reptilians. Yeah. They're in ah! league with the reptilian <laughs> lords and Trump is chosen by Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior. To he is the coming of Christ. Yeah, he, no, I, I actually like, saw, a, I saw a post the other day of somebody, uh, they listed all of Trump's accomplishments. And then at the end it said, praise be his name, like people normally do for Jesus. I was like, oh my God. Really? <laughs> But really? that's, like, that's, that's well, one the, like those people are fucking weird. One, right? Two, no, no, they they are. But like, and the thing is, like, I see more of that stuff probably because, like, I'm a libertarian, so like, I'm mm -hmm. kind of in between. So I get right. shit from both. I get stuff from both sides in my algorithm. And, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll some, I see some strange things. Mm -hmm. Some strange things. Yeah, the, um, the, the darkest corners of the webs. You see all. Yeah. Of yeah. And uh, uh, I think, like, yeah, but like, eventually, like, what this will do to our society is like terrible, because now yeah. you, it's increasing divisions. We we live in two separate realities. I would honestly say that the four of us like all live in like probably the same reality, but yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, like, you there's some people it's argue. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, no, I was just going to say, like, um, some people say you need to have conversations with people you disagree with. I would argue that, you know, like, me and Keith, like, we disagree on some things, but we, because we live in the same reality, you know, like, we can have a conversation about it and not get mad. It's not even a debate. Yeah. We're just discussing. This is a discussion where if you talk to someone who's like completely on the other side, who believes that uh, the black Illuminati is using affirmative action to put the white man down. Literally. literally. How do you argue with that? You know what I'm saying? You cannot. You can't, like, you can't argue with you. Like, yeah. There's yeah. You fucking can't, you can't. And like, Oh, I literally, Oh my God. One time. Here's a story, story time. Um, I was working at a, media company at my like it, not a company it was a society at my university in the uk and i had this guy who wanted to go cover the protests that were happening and he was like anti-conservative party obviously in the uk and then also there was there was it was just very interesting it, it was you know there were environmentalist movements there were anti-tory movements and, and the you the north is quite you know labor so they're more you know left um, because they're the working class usually, they have been historically, so they tend to identify more with the Labour Party. Anyways, there were protests happening, and this guy, he, there's this, 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 this white man, he's there, existing. Um, <laughs> and he, he literally, he, um, he's like, yeah, uh, I just, I'm in political society. 
Now, I don't want to say that I know everything. I don't. I, I literally do not know everything. And I say that because I have taken the time to get educated on the topics, literally earned two degrees on the topics. And I'm still like, my knowledge is limited and is mostly based on my experience and my opinion. And so what I think, please go research for yourself because it's not, it's not all whole truth. It is my truth. Right. So, I mean, there's like a, there's like a, there's a joke around in, in like my class. Like, I wish I had the confidence of a white man, like a cis white. I wish I had the confidence because they're just, they go ahead and they say things and they're just like, it is the fact, it is the truth. That's it. I have found the ingredient that's going to like fix all of our social issues. So he's like, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a politics society. I just think we all just need to talk more, man. I just think we all just need to have more conversation. Like that's the yeah. issue. We don't speak. I mean, to it other. sounds like it sounds nice. On it paper. does, right? Yeah. It's, I was like, yes, sir. Like, yes. Okay. Anyways, we go on these protests. We're like filming them. We're trying to see. I, I'm trying to figure him out. Like, you know, where do you sit on? What are your thoughts? And in the end of the day, as we're like conversating, and like nothing got, you know. We, we, disclaimer, we had two different worlds. Um, no one was shouting and there was nothing uncivil about what we were talking about. We were just talking about, can you have particular conversations? If I don't, if someone is like all the way over there, A, it's not my responsibility to like necessarily educate them or, or convince them, or I can just express right. to them my truth and they can express to me their truth. But at a certain point, conversation will not work. That's a very naive and optimistic viewpoint at a certain point there are power differentiations and so you could have a conversation but if you're having conversation with your boss you are not on the same level if you're having conversation with someone that is systematically like benefiting from everything in society and and he's saying i'm the oppressed one disclaimer at the end of the conversation he goes on to stating that um women are being forced to be in scientific fields they're naturally more inclined to be in the home and cook and and be more nurturing and um Africans have like a lower iq okay maybe you want to say that but yeah. he literally um, was like you know iq you know like the iqs and he uh, said black people have a lower iq he was like statistically black people like you know have like lower iqs i'm like where are you getting your statistics from my guy right and stormfront.com Oh my God. And he's out here like, you know, I just feel discriminated against. I don't think, the, I don't think privilege exists. His words, I don't think privilege exists. He was a denier of privilege. And he uh -huh. was like, I think I'm actually being discriminated against as a white man. Like all these women coming into right. the field, they don't even belong here. They don't even want to do it. They don't want to do it. They're being forced to do it. And uh, affirmative action, what is that? You know, I just think if you're smarter, you should get the job and like statistically right. smarter. And I'm like, Hello? <laughs> Do you hear yourself, sir? And the problem uh, with the problem with like with the exception of that like statistics like, studies have shown like when when that person said <clears throat> they've shown that like black people have lower IQ. First of all, there are no studies that say such one. But, but two, racist scientists do. Racist scientists do. Yes, there's pseudoscientists that are like there's, yes, there's pseudo meta science, right? But, Hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they're the looking at studies like, from like 1910 with eugenics, then yes, those. You can yes. Find those, right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure those were his sources, like a modern version of like them. Yeah. To be honest, though, the thing with conversations is I actually like thinking about it. I think they could work, but they have to be very, 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 very long, like oh, very long. And you have to have like an unnatural amount of patience. 
Because and empathy. Yeah. And, and empathy. Yeah, because I like growing up in South Windsor, Connecticut, which is, you know, like a white suburb, in, mm. you know, in white ass Kentucky fried Connecticut. Oh my God. It's, you know, like a lot of my best friends were conservative. And mm-hmm. I've, there was a time when like, we just disagreed. Like, I remember there was a time when like these, like 2012, when like these dudes would just be like, oh yeah, Mitt Romney. And I'd be like, oh yeah, Obama. But it never really deterred our friendship until it got to Trump. And uh, yeah. I always like, I never agreed with them on their views, but to, to up until a certain point, I always empathized where I'm like, well, what causes people to think this way? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you're eventually, a human like, being and you because, face discrimination. So you want to feel why they're feeling this. This is a product. Sorry. But like, because, because you've experienced it and you've had the, you've had the, you've been forced to question why you've been forced to question why they have never been forced to question anything. Like, uh, I had a friend, uh, his name was Rob and like, you know, he grew, he was, uh, yeah. Love Rob. Just, (laughs) yeah. See, you already know the stories are going to be weird when you're like, I have a friend named Rob, right? Like, um <laughs> this this is like a dude who I, I'm not gonna sit here and insult his family, but you know, you grow up in like in a, in certain conditions where like you're surrounded you're one, you're you never see like if you never see like a person of color in your life, you're not really generally exposed to them unless like maybe you go to the grocery store and you see one black person in line and you're and you know if that's like all yeah. you see. Yeah, and then like you go home, your dad is watching Fox News, or let's say he's driving you to school, and Rush Limbaugh's on the radio, and you know why? When you come home from school, yeah. your your majority white school, and then you, like you know you see like the American flag, right? Or like uh, your dad might like talk about your dad might have a "Don't Tread on Me" flag, or uh. You know, like I can see, like that's the reality that he grew up in. He, like, Absolutely. In a way, like he was like, and then like our school system brainwashes you too. Like you know, like I remember like Absolutely. in elementary elementary school, you have to like stand up to the pledge of allegiance, and then they have this whole romanticized version of the American mm-hmm. of American history. Mm-hmm. I I uh, you were like you know like they kind of gloss over slavery, where it's like oh yeah it happened and in then the then Civil like, War. Yeah, until it was over school, basically. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, and like when you grow up thinking that, like exposed to that, like that's why I always, to an extent, sympathized with them. Yeah, because I saw them as unfortunate products of yeah. another of a of a system, and uh, same with like like a lot of I see like a lot of liberals like on Twitter. They'll be like, "Yeah, fuck the U.S. military, fuck these soldiers," and I'm like, "Well, again, I don't like what they do." I don't like the U.S. military, but I the people who actually join the military in their minds they actually think they're heroes. Absolutely, yes. They don't think that they're going out there killing people for oil. They think like they've been told that they're going there to defend me. They think they're defending me and you. So that's why, like, I don't. I'm, you know, I'm not going to see a, like a troop and like throw tomatoes at them. I'm not going to go on Twitter and say, oh, fuck them. I hope they get shot in Iraq. Like, I'm not. I see like I do see some people on my side of our side of the political aisle, like saying dumb shit on Twitter. And like, I think like that's the stuff like we got to be careful about because, again, they are products. 
they are unfortunate. They are groomed, just like we are groomed. Just like women are groomed to think that they need to behave in a certain way and that this is acceptable. They are groomed to think that this yeah. is the reality that they lived in. And they're pawns. And we're ev everyone's a pawn in their own reality with their own structures that have contained them. Except the one thing I would say about these soldiers, yes, a lot. This is really good. Like, this is what gets me really fucked up, right? In the U.S., if you have been down on your luck, if you, you know, have, you know, or if you want to, if you want to, but I, I knew a lot of people that went into the military because they couldn't get into school or they weren't ready to go to school. So they go to the military now as a, and then after that, you know, they have options again, because why you're, li you're literally saving your life like at the expense of children in the Middle East. You are. You are, you are fixing your life and your social welfare. They don't see it like that. They don't see Of course they don't see it. No, no, no. I don't think that, I don't think anybody that goes into a war thinks that they're on the wrong side or no. not just war, anything, everybody, the villains and the TV shows that we see. And in reality, they don't think that they're the villains. They think that they're no. liberators. They think that they're really fixing a problem. They think that they are really living in the best country in the world. They genuinely do think it. And the difference, however, and within the military, a lot of people of color and a lot of women and a lot of marginalized communities also get um, exploited. It's an, it's an exploitative system for them as well. How, in the same way that the patriarchy is also exploitative for men that are functioning within it, it is exploitative in overall. However, however, within the power disparities, one group has the power to self-educate and actually make a difference, actually stop one group. If you have the power and you continue to close your eyes and blind, blindly continue the system that benefits you, yes, you are a pawn and you, you, I find it personally, you have to step up. You, you, have, you have to step up because you have more means than me. Because if I go ahead and I speak to that guy, let's say, who was having these opinions, I am just that radical feminist that burns her bras, that doesn't know what she's talking about. She thinks she's disadvantaged and she thinks she's like unprivileged because of her color. I don't just, I am, my words are not seen when I'm speaking to that man. I'm seen as literally everything he's been told not to listen to and to right. uh, devalue. However, if another white man was saying everything I was saying to that guy, oh my God, his response would be different. And that's the responsibility on people in power, on people that in this society are benefiting it from it too, while they are experiencing things that work against them. So are they are you saying still that, holding the power. You know what I'm saying? They so are still saying are privileged. People, like people who like, kind of like me or uh, Keith, who are like, let's say like we have some level of privilege mm -hmm. as males or light-skinned males, or mm -hmm. you're saying that it's kind of like our responsibility to like, go into that other side and try to have that conversation is that what you're saying when you have more power if you genuinely want to make a change you can have the means to educate yourself and make a change if you want to you, nobody has to do anything however unfortunately when things are heard from a white man they're listened to more that while we live in this world that's the reality of what we're living in doesn't mean that it's okay or right but it tends to be so the person on the other side that feels threatened by what I'm saying, if he hears it from you, he's going to be less, he's going to be threatened less. I agree you know, with to a certain yeah. degree because okay. I bring it down to even the most basic level. 
How many times have you ever had a discussion with, as a youth with your parents mm-hmm. and you completely block out everything they say because you already have it in their mind that they're the aggressor, that they're the enemy, then they're not going to, yeah. and you automatically block out what they say. But then you have the same discussion, say, with your peer, like you and I, and yeah. all of a sudden you become receptive to what they're saying because you feel like that's somebody on an equal level as you for whatever reason yeah and, yeah um whether that's necessarily true or you're not based on whatever it is it's the same principle once you're unfortunately it's uh, i have experienced that myself when somebody that um is on the opposing let's just say opposing viewpoint has an opposing mm-hmm. viewpoint as you is having that discussion um a, a discussion with you naturally I mean, instinctively, I wouldn't say naturally, instinctively, even if you're a little open mind, you still go in a little bit subconsciously thinking you're going to be on the defensive. Whereas somebody that you see as an equal is speaking to you or somebody that at least you highly respect their words or their viewpoints is speaking to you about the same exact thing. Your approach subconsciously seems to um, be more open-minded. Your approach doesn't come in with your guard up. You're now sitting there being more receptive to being what's said. And I think that's... um, what's being uh, what you're saying here is basically yeah. that um you know you we, we tend to be more those people that know that they're in that position it's not uh they don't have to do anything but if morally if you feel a certain way it would be best to uh be open about it and to speak up about it rather to be reserved and keep quiet yeah yeah that you have you have a you have an upper hand of power respect you know that person's not looking down at you whoever your opponent is right or whoever you're speaking right. to systematically because you know you were talking about your neighbors and the people that grew up with this mentality yes they are they are definitely being pawned and they're definitely but go up or go down they still hold on to more power and Yes, they're still being used in the system as well, but less so. So I feel, I feel, I feel empathy for them, but not as much as I feel empathy for other people that are having more struggles, that are going through more things. Like they could, they really could take the time to snap out of it. They really, they, they really are less toggled down by systematic inequalities. They have their shit. They do. None of this means that they don't have shit. They have shit, except their skin color isn't one of them and their gender identity isn't one of them and their class isn't one of them and as as you start having different classifications of your identity you have different privileges i have privileges everybody here has certain privileges over another person in society i have responsibility to speak about matters that i am privileged over so just because i'm a woman doesn't mean that i'm like oh my god suppressing everything that i've ever been no 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 I have also experienced lots of privilege. What am I going to do about it? How am I going to use my voice if I want to use my voice? Because I can see my privilege and I can see the things that I've been disadvantaged into. And they should too. The people that are, that are just sitting and not thinking critically because the system is benefiting them. But that's and because yes, you already see it. And I think that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. It's like, and I think, and like, for like, I think of like those people that 
talking about, like, let's say, like, those troops. Mm-hmm. Again, like, I think if they even started to sort of critically, you know what I'm saying? They, I feel like they would immediately stop. You know what I mean? Like, they would stop yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean yeah, it doesn't mean you're inherently a bad person at all. Yeah. You're a person. I've seen that happen that. myself. Uh, I have I have friends that have come out of the military, right? Mm-hmm. They went in for the same reasons that you um, had uh, addressed earlier. Say they were they needed to go to school or they needed the money or whatever. Then they saw what they saw. There are troops that get out of the military, snap yeah. out of it, yeah. and they'll tell you as soon as they get out of the military, oh, you know, we did a bunch of terrible shit. What's going on is completely wrong out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do speak up about it. And, you know, unfortunately, some of them deal with the consequences of that because that's not something that they're encouraged to do, which yeah. is why a lot of Think them critically? don't speak up of it. Uh, you know, you when, when you're the military, you're an army of one. You're not encouraged yeah. to think critically. So yeah. for you to break out of that, even when exactly. you're not an active military, uh, active member of the military, it's still frowned upon by your fraternity and your community, which yeah. is the milita- military, where you do come from. So, yeah, I mean, there are people in the military that still speak up about it, but there are a lot of people that see it. They do wake up mentally, but mm-hmm. verbally they're not expressing it. I think that's yeah. those are the certain individuals that I, I think that um, are we're, we're talking about here. I think so. I think a little bit, but also I will give them. I don't know. I, I'm I'm empathetic too. Like I'm not. I don't want to be like just hating on everybody. I just think that if you have the means, educate yourself. If you have the means, educate yourself. Don't just be complicit in your luxury because it's luxury to have a certain, to, in this country and in a lot of the world, to have a certain skin color, to have a certain gender identity, to have a certain um, lifestyle. It is, a, it is like gold. You're living in luxury. So yes, think about why you have that luxury, where you got it from, where is it coming from? Why, why don't other people have it? Think critically because you have to think critically. And for the people that do, bless their hearts. Good. Start working on it. And, and I, I also know that a lot of people, like a lot of white people that want to be allies don't know where to start. And I think that a lot of movements from the left tend to be really hostile and they don't allow like proper discourse because at a certain point there are people that want to figure out what's going on, but then they're like shunned. And that's not cool either. Like, yeah, that, no, that's, that's the shit I see on Twitter. Yeah. And I think like, discussion you know um it goes back to i think what we were talking about before we even uh started recording this podcast but um like when, when it comes to online disc first of all when you go on like twitter or when you go on uh instagram whatever it is especially twitter i think twitter is a toxic wasteland of dumb opinions but i i i think uh you know people are like no one like no thinking person like comes home from work or whatever is like I feel like stimulating my mind and having a uh, conversation. Let me go on Twitter, right? And, <laughs> like, like no one does. Like, so like when people go on Twitter, like it, to me, if they, they do it just to, I don't know, like it's maybe to like make themselves feel better. Like I feel like progressives, especially on social media, tear each other down more than conservatives do. 
You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like with the conservative side, like, look, if you're sucking Trump's dick, I don't care how much you're sucking it. You're on our, you're on the right side, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you're sucking it, licking it, yeah. whatever you're doing. Yeah. How, how any, are you? any, anything you contribute to making America great again, right? Like that's how, you that's in. how like, that's how their base is on our base. It's like, yo, I'm pretty sure like we, this one hour and a half conversation that we've had would probably get all four of us canceled within our own like you're you're never yeah. gonna be progressive enough shaheen i'm just gonna let you I, know right now I, I i i was telling jasmina <laughs> before we recorded this uh podcast that mm. there are people iranians to like some iranians think that i'm a paid uh bot of the mullahs yeah. in of iran and then there are some who think i'm being paid by the israelis and the saudis you know what I'm saying? And that I'm somehow like Islamophobic because mm-hmm. I, I don't think in religious fundamentalism and I'm like a bigot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I get shit from both sides and it, it's absolutely that. nuts. And, uh, hold on I'm to a, your truth. Hold on to your truth. Hold on to your, you know, like Jesse, I think you're familiar with, uh, cause you were, you, you shared something of hers on your Instagram story. I think her name is Lakota, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, like, I have, like, this guy on Twitter who, like, quote tweeted something that she says, like, oh, it's so obvious that she supports the regime because uh, blah, blah, blah. And I just, like, responded. And I'm like, well, you know, I th- because, like, I think some- she said something about Navid Afkari. And, like, and she said it's obvious that uh, American politicians – are going to exploit this situation. Of course they're going to exploit the situation. Yeah. Of- Hello? That's not yeah. enough. And and then she, and then uh and then like this kid that I was that made the quote he was upset that he brought the attention from Iran to, to the US. government, and I'm like, look, you know, just because you're, you know, pointing fingers at the U.S. as you should, and say well, and calling them out for their own shit, yeah, doesn't mean you're not calling out the regime either. And I think that's the biggest Say issue it louder. we have in our... Yeah, Say it and louder. I, the I didn't that. hear you. Say it louder. <laughs> I, I said that on Twitter. And like some people who used to support me and my music was like, why are you always supporting this regime apologist? I'm like, what? And uh, she immediately, like, I just said, look, she, I don't think, you know, I haven't found direct evidence that links her to the regime. She, she like quote tweeted me and she was like, LOL joke of the day. And it got like a bunch of like reactions. Oh, like, 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 and, uh, I was canceled by this one girl and I'm like, okay, this is like the issue. Yeah. Yeah. She immediately like unfollowed me on Twitter, Instagram, unfriended me on Facebook. Uh, but you're defending her. You were saying that it's not, no, no. I was defending Hoda, not the girl. Uh, uh-huh, you were defending Hoda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And not, I don't know, like some, I, I, I don't know. Now, is she a regime apologist? I haven't really seen a, I don't know, like some, I, I don't know. I don't think she is, but uh, I don't know. There are people who think that anyone who attacks like American policy on Iran is a regime apologist. Bruh. Um, uh, so this this is, this is the issue. Everything Say that again. Mm-hmm. You have to either be this side or that side. 100%. And if you're anywhere <laughs> in the area, then everyone wants to say, fuck you. Cause as, as the diaspora, we're literally, literally, like, we, as the diaspora, we, we are 
the uh, par we're paradoxes we're literal living paradoxes because we can't take 100% one side or the other right. i mean if we think about if we think if we really think can we really take one side completely over the other right yes words are very powerful and uh sometimes well from personal experience i can tell you that my words are very um calculated in terms of what i choose to say especially on shows like this because of the responsibility i have towards my co-hosts and my guests um as shaheen knows i have outside of here i have a very very if a little filter if at all <laughs> it's already gotten me in trouble with a whole regime and it's gotten me banned <laughs> so uh I'm very oh, right, careful right. with what I with what I say. So, in terms of my responsibility to others, but just know that I am very well aware of, uh, in terms of, you know, how certain sides and how certain people can approach you, and how if you don't some if you somehow fit on a middle ground somewhere, mm -hmm. they'll either accuse you of being one thing or another, or yeah. even even goes deeper than to people trying to recruit you for causes that you have nothing to do with. They wow. want to ally you with a uh, certain agenda that they have that mm -hmm. you don't really believe in at all, but they think because you said one thing that works to their favor yeah. that, um, you know, that works. I mean, just to, just to give you, uh, you know, one example without going into the deep story because again i try to keep this off of things like this podcast but um as far as um one of the reasons i got into the trouble that i did is i made a song and it got yeah. posted on a certain campaign page <laughs> and i didn't choose for it to be posted on that page it was just that i was speaking a message around it was regarding the 2009 um um, protests after green the movement, yeah. uh, green movement. Mm -hmm. uh, I was heavily involved in that. Um, I had made a song and I did this for people, like to spread awareness to everyone. But because it's certain fit in there, it served to fit a certain narrative yep. for a group, they used it. Now and I'm back. Yes. Fuck. So they, they I will leave it at that. Was that legal? They need to take, they need to get your permission before they can utilize your song. Uh, that's they the, did. The, yeah, you know, if we were, if it was the people of the U.S. that were using it, sure. Uh-huh, uh -huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, yeah. There's no copyright, copyright law yeah. over there. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. That's... I don't that's regret a, it. I would have done it again. We got to speak up. We got to speak up. I, said, so I had a discussion with someone else the other day. Martin Luther King may not have lived to see a lot of the fruits of what he put forth for his dream, but he still, if he, I bet you if you could talk to him for less than an hour today and bring back his spirit, he would say he wouldn't regret a damn thing. And I don't regret a damn thing. I'm just saying I can relate to the fact yeah. that, um, and I would do it again, but I can relate to the fact in terms of people fitting you in certain narratives just based on, or people yeah. choosing to label you as something just because. Exactly. Uh, and it takes a certain amount of critical thinking 
to realize the nuances in the, in the, in the middle of that, that a person can be pro this, anti this, while also being anti this, pro this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think, I don't know if that uh, just goes down to our tribalistic nature as human beings, um, because like we're thinking critically in order to do that, you have to kind of try your best to take your emotions out of it. Mm-hmm. I think if you allow, mm-hmm. like, it's so easy. Like, I, I get like what they're, what those people who try to put us in a box do, like, it's so easy, easy to just let that shit consume you. You know, like I have so many people, I don't know, like they, they like, come at me and at the end of the day, like I just acknowledge now, you know what, like you're thinking through emotion. I'm not. So I win, but, uh, guys, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think this conversation was great. I, uh, I think we are like almost at two hours and, uh, <laughs> no filler it, though. It was probably worth it. No, filler. no, no, no that's, yeah. it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> Honestly, man, like I'm the kind of guy who would rather like sit with a few people and like have conversations like this. Over, like, <laughs> kind of what? What did I say? A few guys. Oh, cancel. You went, I'm Can- a kind of guy. Uh, 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 oh, really? No, no. I know. I said, I'm, the, I'm the kind of guy. Uh, uh, the, okay, yeah. No, I said, I said I'm the now. type of, um, yeah, there you go. I'm the type of person who enjoys, who would much rather just like sit and have a conversation like this than like to go, on, go to a club. Uh, that's yeah. just me. Um, but I, I think we're going to leave it at this because we started talking about feminism and it kind of just uh, went towards capitalism and racism and um, dumb people. So I, uh, all so forms I, of discrimination. Yes, yes, yes. So, as, so, as a man uh, who's a quarter black, I can tell you the black Illuminati are not coming for you right now. <laughs> Good to know. Not <laughs> yet, man. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, um, yeah, so Jasmina, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Uh, thank you for having me. I, thank you so much. I'm ah, really glad we got to have this conversation. Um, uh, yeah, I hope I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, Eat your brains out. Not at all. Thank you for being our inaugural guest. You always historically hold a place in the show. Say that again. Say that again. You will historically always hold a place in this show, no matter yes, where it goes. That's you're true. You are the first. Guest, right? You are the first female guest of uh, first guest Shaws period. Shaws and King. Thank you. Thank Shaws Kings and Shaws Malakin. And Queen. The Queen. <laughs> how do you say? How do you say Queen in Farsi? Malakin, it, or is, is it, it like Shahzade? No. No. no, that sounds like. That's like Shahzadeh. Okay. Shahzadeh, um, I think it's a kid. Shahzadeh. It's a kid. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, can know. How Malik Yes. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, all right, guys. So, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out.